0: Please visit gurusing.com. Bless you. Mm, Satnam. There's a recent study in science that says that silence is more healing to the brain than even good thoughts. How many have ever followed directions to someone's house? Raise your hand. And what is that last direction? It's the house on the, it's the, le- it's the seventh house on the right. Turn left and it's the seventh house on the right. Whatever version of that is the final instruction, correct? <laughs> but the bottom line is there's a lot of instructions before that. And so often in spirituality, which is pretty much run by the creatives, (laughs) it's definitely not run by the logicians. The magicians of the universe run the spiritual world. And I say that partially as a metaphor and partially as a reality. So What magicians have a tendency to do is show you the trick without explaining the trick, right? Because if they explain the trick, where's the magic? Right? And so the instructions oftentimes in spirituality are turn left, it's the seventh house on the right. Without all the precursor, without all the information that is very logical, that leads up to that, right? Which is all the streets and all the directions and all the streets of life. And one of the things that Yogi Bhajan insisted upon, and it really slowed things down, he insisted upon all of the instructions. And because all of the instructions are very logical, And because your brain is very magical, all of the instructions are oftentimes very boring. And so you tend to ignore them. And you come with these pop spiritual adages. Be happy. (laughs) Be neutral. That's the last house on the right. After you've turned left, after you've turned right, after you've turned left, after you've turned right, after you've gone straight, after you've done a whole lot of prerequisites. So there's this mantra that not only praises one who had gotten to the seventh house on the left, the house of illumination, right? but the mantra also tells you exactly where you are right now, with exactly where you want to be right then, whatever then is. And if you have the reality of now and the ideal of then GPS gives you the map. very simple it just goes darkness comes from light darkness comes from light darkness comes from light Wow darkness comes from light there's a Sun there's a moon there's an earth and I'm the breath of life
1: Guru, Guru, Wahe, Guru, Guru, Ram. Hey Yogi Bhajan once said
0: that this thal, this thal, this rhythm is the rhythm of Gujarat the state in India in the middle of the deserts and the mode of transportation in Gujarat is the camel the worst thing you ever want to ride because after a day on a camel You never want to spend another day on a camel. Because the camel rides like this. And your body is going like this all day long. But what the camel represents is longevity. The length of the journey. Because the length of the journey of your life is forever and you need a camel you need something that can take you the long long distance so the rhythm of the camel that allows it to go those long long distances is the rhythm of the doll the mantra that works over long long distances
1: without much relief Guru, Guru wah hey guru Guru Ramdas Guru Guru wah hey guru Guru Ramdas Guru Guru wah hey Ram das guru, 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 wah guru, ram.
0: feels like you're just standing in one place and bouncing and that's the way the camel is able to make the long long distance is to see it that it's not distance it's just
1: in one place bouncing guru guru wahe, guru guru Miles and years go by. Guru, Wam,eh Guru, Guru, Ram Das, Guru, 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 Wam,eh Guru, Guru, Ram Das, Guru.
0: usually travels through what we recognize. And what we recognize in life is what we have registered in time. And we register in time primarily through our feelings even though the feelings are born from and give birth to the details, what happens is that the details are simply reassembled by the feeling that is reconstituted. So if you're striving to see into the future, if you're striving to ignite your intuition, the only way that you can ignite your intuition is by determining the angle of inclination of the past. The way you know where something is going to go under natural influences is by determining the topography, the lay of the land. And so, your past is primarily registered through feelings, but the feelings are incorrect. They're just an assemblage of an emotion, upon an emotion, upon an emotion. and. Many people can have an entirely different emotional response to a single moment. Your emotional response is not accurate. And so you register this historical data through your emotional filter, which is not accurate. So then you don't have an accurate view of what's to come. So what's to come becomes a mystery. And the way you design for mystery is by fear, because fear increases your awareness, to a degree. After a particular level of fear, you're completely unaware. Your your awareness is paralyzed. It's fear in the forest that allows the deer to respond to the signals. But when there's too much influence on the fear of the deer, it becomes a deer in the headlights, correct? In other words, the amount of information that is coming at the deer is more than the deer can translate. And so the deer freezes. The deer becomes paralyzed. So what we have in today's world is we have moments upon moments of paralytic registration. Moments that we have registered in our being while we were paralyzed by the amount of data. And this has been passed on through generations. So the pathway of your meditation can only begin for a moment through your feelings. And then you have to be able to transcend your feelings. Otherwise, you're just exploring a circle that keeps coming back to the same moment with a slightly different feeling, so it appears to be different. And you think that you're actually traveling on a path, but you're not. Ultimately, you're just spinning. Does that make sense? And so, what we do in today's world is we have designed an entertaining fakad, right? facade, Right? Hmm? Façade. And in the Islamic faith, the one who could translate the façade was called a faqir. You gotta be very careful when you say that word. <laughs> the faqir could translate the faqaid. <laughs> into terms that were a reality. And there's a great story about a tr- about an incredible fakir known as Miamie, Mia. Guru Arjan Dev was being tortured, which It's kind of the way we treat people that we don't agree with, isn't it? And, in the midst of that torturing, his good friend, Fakir Mir Mir, was passing by and saw this going on and said, and because of the shock, he came out of his celestial consciousness and came into his earthly consciousness, his feelings, and said, Oh my God, my dear friend, what are they doing to you? And Guru Arjun said, Oh my dear one, please close your eyes, come back to your universal consciousness, and see what I am doing to me. And as Mia Mia Went back into his universal consciousness, he saw that not only was Guru Arjan the victim, but Guru Arjan was also the instigator and the proponent of the event. That the tortured and the torturer were the same. That's the story where you have to get to, but that's the seventh house on the right after you've turned left. But that's the end of the directions. In order for you to get to a place where you clearly understand that what happens to you happens through you. Because if you don't clearly understand that it, it's you alone that's creating your reality, then it's just a philosophy of fantasy. It's just, Oh, so-and-so lives on the seventh house on the right. Of which street? In which city? Right? And so, you have to do more than pop spirituality in your practice. And so many paths, so many lifestyles. Have you ever heard somebody, you're just feeling the strong feelings, and somebody says, you should not be angry. <laughs> really? 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 Yes, anger is very toxic to your spiritual practice. No, no, right now I'm just going to be angry. I'm going to admit I'm angry. I'm going to consist in my anger and exist in my anger and then I'll get over it. And then we can talk. But don't just give me it's the last house on the right routine. So in order for you to meditate, because, you know, all of the... All of the dogma of spiritual lifestyles, all the rules and regulations, right? The the yams and niyams of spiritual lifestyle are just that last piece of information. They are not the pathway that leads to that last piece of information. A great... um, a great seer, um, pretty much the grandfather of modern-day hypnosis, Milton Erickson. Ericksonian hypnosis, actually also the, uh, the proponent of the subsequent, condi- um, um, what would you call it, a um, style, uh, a methodology known as NLP, Neurolinguistic Programming, right? Um, Milton Erickson uh, was uh, was (coughs) struck by polio as a teenager. And what polio does is that every nerve that's active in your body, that's taking messages, every sometimes there's more than one, but the nerves that are active in your body are surrounded by inactive nerves. Fully capable but inactive. And what happens is that, as, the, as one of the nerve strands is beginning to die, because they do, they recycle, they train the inactive nerves how to take over the job. Right? So, your nerves that are, t- that are knowing how to move your arms and move your legs and do the things that you do in life, are constantly recycling. They're dying, others are being born, they're teaching, moving on and moving on. And what happens is that polio attacks a particular v- part of the most active nerve. The most active nerve is what attracts the polio virus. And so it destroys the most active nerve before it's had time to pass on the information. So, what Milton Erickson intuitively did was that Milton Erickson, at about the age of 17 or 18, went to spend his days, because he was paralyzed from the waist down, went to spend his days in a toddler camp where children were just learning how to walk. And he allowed his body to be near the bodies of little kids that were just learning how to fire the nerves that would move the legs. And so his body began to become entrained by their bodies. In other words, the electromagnetic pulse that was happening in their bodies was emanating from their bodies, and his body was picking it up. And pretty soon, his legs began to move. And he ultimately taught himself, through this process, how to walk again. Now that's going back to the very core of the directions of how to get to that 7th house on the right. That's going back to the very initiating stages. That is what meditation is. You start your meditation with your feelings, you know, you, and you pass through your feelings, but what you're doing is you're trying to trace back to the core. And the core is exactly what I said at the very beginning of class, which is they're now doing studies and finding that the silent mind is a healthier environment than even the positive mind. That in the silent mind, those commands that even your intellect couldn't come up with, the commands that are the initiating commands of how to move that leg, Right? How, what is the nerve that we need, the brain needs to fire down through to ignite what is the muscle, right, that's going to move that leg? So there's a lot of what's in the initial attempt to move. And there's a lot of what's in the initial attempts to know what you know. Pop Spirituality, we are all one. Pop Spirituality, all is God. Pop Spirituality, be kind. Pop Spirituality, go into your neutral mind. That's like telling Milton Erickson, before he had re-entrained, move your legs. You're an 18-year-old. Stop sitting around. Right? So when you're observing someone in your world that is not getting it. Right? When you are observing someone in your world who is not getting it. Remember that you can't just say seventh house on the right is it. If you actually want to influence someone's future, you have to know someone's past which is defined in the inclination of the present, the topography of the present, that takes some true meditative directions. And that's why chanting Guru, Guru, Vaheguru, Guru, Aram Das, Guru. Without any thought of reward, without any thought of an outcome, without any measurement of what is it doing to you, and definitely not defining its outcome by the feelings that you have after having done it. Just know that you're in training the impulse to be able to go through, and this is all metaphor, you're training the, well, kind of, yes and no. You're training the impulse to go through the nerve that, will, that is attached to the muscle core, the muscle root, that will enable the action that will come up with the outcome. Right? And you must view your whole life this way. If something isn't working out according to it. Right? If something isn't it. Because you can not only be dealing with a person, but you can be dealing with an event. How many have ever had an event in your life? Raise your hand. Right? How many have ever had an event that you're trying to get to work out? Raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you're either lazy or lying. Because we have all had events that we are striving for them to work out. Yes? We have events, we have people, we have places, we have things, we have ideas, we have concepts. We have so much. What you must do is you must get into the present, not the experience or feelings that you're feeling. You must get into the present moment. And in that present moment, you must be able to determine what is the topography, which will tell you what is the past from that moment, and what is the future from that moment. And once you see what is the logical future from that moment, you can apply some magic to that moment and influence the logical outcome. Because how many times have you had people say, I don't think that's going to work out. And you've continued and it worked out. One time Yogi Bhajan said to me, there was some really big um, thing that I was responsible for and Yogi Bhajan said to me, because I he had first told me to go out and get some expert advice and I got all this expert advice and all the expert advice told me it wouldn't work. So I came back to Yogi Bhajan and I said, he said, okay, what did the experts say? And I said, every single one of them said it wouldn't work. He said, and how did you come up with this idea? I said, it was in the midst of my meditation. He said, then prove them wrong. Establish a new principle. Who's telling you that something won't work? Who was telling, who was telling Guru Arjan, or not telling, but who was torturing Guru Arjan? Who was torturing Guru Arjan in the story? Guru Arjan. Who is telling you that it won't work? Who is telling you that it will work? So, when you hear advice from others, who are you hearing? Who are you hearing? When you go into your meditation, that's where you want to get to. Not just as an intellectual concept, but as a real Reality of knowing. You want to get to that place. You want to be able to sit in your meditation. And you want to come to the realization. Ah, okay. Hmm. I am connected to this. And I've assigned them to say that. Let me see if we can get beyond that. Because otherwise that just becomes so significant that you stop there. So let me just dissolve that. Let me just sit with that. Okay, that's what it is. And then suddenly there's something, a pathway of why did you assign them to say that? Why did you assign them to do that? You're dealing with a total stranger. The total stranger is giving you a hassle about something that you want to achieve. Go into that. What is that? Why have I assigned that? There's something beyond, there's something in the past of that that came to that. Now I can just take that and fight with it and move against it, but that's just life as a struggle. How about life as an effortless effort? How about ride the wave of time rather than swimming behind it and saying, I'm so busy? So, in each moment that is assembled through tension, pressure, stress, and friction, you go into that moment, let the moment dissolve. Just like Milton Erickson went into the moment. He didn't go, okay, I see that that left leg is moving like that, and he can try and try and try, but his left leg won't move. But he puts his left leg near that left leg, and his left leg will start picking up the electromagnetics of the toddlers' impulses go into that depth of each moment in your meditation. And how do you get there? By getting your body to stop nagging, right? How do you get your body to stop nagging? By stretching into it, by balancing it, by putting it into posture, by getting it to fulfill all of its momentary needs. How do you get your mind to be in that silence, which is more healing than the positivity? By chanting, by just just chanting the mantras, causing your brain to do sounds that it may or may not have any comprehension of what they mean, and it doesn't actually matter what they mean, because what you're really doing is just moving sound through your system. And as you move sound through your system, it clears the system. So everything we do in this practice of kundalini is getting us to the place where we can sit with the moment and allow the moment to dissolve so that we can see beyond the moment, both past and future, which are just mirror images of the same event. All right? Does that make no sense? Say yes. (laughs) That makes no sense because sense... It's different than that, isn't it? Sense is very three and four dimensional, but what we're talking about is something that is, that is sort of like layers upon layers upon layers. It's dimensions that are not totally logical, correct? Because it's not logical. You tell a 17-year-old that's paralyzed from the waist down, from polio, to go sit in a toddler, and it's kind of an insult. And so if the 17-year-old takes that as an insult, then there will be no openness to achieve the entrainment because it'll be just surrounded and focused on the emotional insult. That's all the system and the nervous system will be doing. And that's, and this is the end because otherwise we could just keep going and going and going, right? But that's the nature of surrender. Hmm. Key word, surrender. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.